you guys are now listening to the Power Post Game Report. Um, one of your hosts, Triple D, and across me as always is... This is Carlos D. What's good? Not much, man. How are you doing on this, this Labor Day weekend? I'm well. If I'm a little slurred, it's because I've been drinking. But the show must go on. Hey, nothing wrong with little little spirits on a holiday weekend, especially Labor Day. Um, somebody, uh... I don't know if you noticed, but somebody else in the show started drinking again. But we'll get we'll get back to that. You know, we'll get to that eventually. Um, Want to let you guys know a big shout out to the Talladega Marching Band, the Marching Tornadoes. Uh, that's who you heard in our opening theme for this week. And uh, we got a, we got a lot to to get into. Episode two. Whose side are you on? What what do you want to start with? I feel like we should just start from the beginning. We we when we, when the, oh first we got to start with the theme. 50 Cent, that son of a bitch. He gave us he gave us a compromise. He bought back Joe, but he did still keep it a remix because he did not bring back his original rap when it comes to the first verse of that song. If you uh, noticed it. And, and most people don't care about his rap. His rap is irrelevant. But we got Joe back. So shout out to 50 for at least listening to the people because most people don't do that. Listen to the people. We got Joe back. Trey songs, I I love Trey songs. I I listen to a lot of Trey songs music. I like a lot of his songs, but he wasn't built out to be the theme songs of power. And we got we got Joe back, and at least all is well in the world when it comes to Joe starting the theme song off right. You know what tripped me out about it? It's like I noticed a difference, but to me, for whatever reason, it still sounded like Trey songs to me. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was like I was still waking up and getting my head straight but like it it sounded different but like at the same time I was like that still sounds like Trey songs to me I don't know maybe when I rewatch it I'll be able to pick up um you know Joe and his uh his some of his forest vibratos and whatnot but um I gotta be honest with you I'm wondering if I'm wondering if it knew what he was doing like he's like let's stir up some controversy um let's get let's get people buzzing and let's go ahead and make this change. And then we'll like at this point, I'm wondering if he's going to give us a different one every week. Like if we're going to get the the G mix with, you know what I'm saying? Somebody completely different singing it. Next week, it'll uh, be the dream. <laughs> oh, God, man. You want to talk about how nah, not even I was going to say how pissed off people would be. Not even the dream. It could have been Jacquees, Um for all we know. But oh, Jacquees the king of RB. Oh, yeah, man. King of the E's, man. The E's. Hey. You know, it, we might get one of the Fantasia. You never know. <laughs> uh, well, Natiri, Natiri Naughton, she used to sing. She is she singing. Might, she might hop True. on We're going to get a bunch of remixes and B-sides throughout the season. Hey, we might get that, that, uh, what, I don't, what is he, what's his, what's his genre? Uh, well, his album was more on the Afrobeats. Because you know okay. you're Nigerian. Get the, okay. I was like, I don't, I was like, I don't want to say Caribbean because that's just plain wrong and it ain't Jamaican. But uh, yeah, we might get the Afrobeat remix. Um, but more, more on that on Dre and his character later. But I thought it was definitely kind of, kind of interesting, and I'm I'm curious to see, almost like the show, like what which theme song are we gonna get next week. I I think he didn't he learned his lesson and realized that just people just really I guess had a passion for that Joe version because it, Trey songs like the song the show is gritty the show is supposed to be like gritty it's about the drug game it's violent. There's a lot of stuff going on. So when Trey Songs came with that, like, kind of sweet. Nah, I shouldn't say sweet because that's <laughs> offensive. But uh, you know what I mean? It wasn't as gritty. It wasn't as hardcore as Joe's version had been. So I think he'll stick it with was. the Joe version because people damn near rebelled when they didn't get Joe. 
Yeah, Trey Song's version, and again, you know, to, to, to go along with what you were saying, like, I have nothing against Trey Song, but his version definitely, it definitely uh, felt like the VIP section of a club, um, him trying to sneak in to, to get at your girl and uh, slide her out the side door or something like that. that that's kind of how that one felt to me. Yeah, well, he is Mr. Still Your Girl. He this told us true. that five years ago. This is true, but, you know, we've seen what happens to people that try to steal ghosts, girl. <laughs> so, uh, R.I.P. Terry Silva. And Sean. Oh, shit. Well, ghosts didn't kill Sean, though. That was a whole other thing. This is true. This is true. He, he, this is true. But he did lead him borderline. She did lead him borderline down the path that got him killed. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, man. Let's let's get into this episode. I mean, I mean, I forget. Uh, we started to begin it when we when the show the show episode starts this week. We see ghosts back in the seam of his believed to be crime where he took though he took out Tommy, and we go straight into the scene where he is confronted by uh I can't remember the, the Serbian dude. I can't remember his name. Jason Missick. There you go. You got it. So he's confronted by Jason. Uh, I had to look it up. <laughs> and Jason basically tells ghosts. Well, it leads Ghost to believe that Tommy is dead, but because you killed Tommy, in order not to get revenge, you got to pay us $100,000 every two weeks so you stay alive. And that starts us down the path of, it. Really, to me, I feel like that scene set up two things that I think is going to be a factor going down in the season. One, it sets up that the eventual team up where the Serbian dude is going to become, Jason is going to become so much of a problem that Tommy and Ghost have no choice but to team up back together to get rid of him because he's going to be throwing the both of their sides. And then also it set us down the path of um, releasing to the episode, the uh, the title of the episode, Whose Side Are You On? Where people start picking sides in the Tommy Ghost debate. And we see later that both Tyreek, who is Ghost's, you know, Ghost's son, and also Tasha, Ghost's wife, seem to be Team Tommy when we come to whose side they pick and when it comes to this beef between the two. Yeah. Definitely get to the side choosing, but yeah, this man Jason Missick is just ruthless with it. Just like, just wild, just just straight up wild with it. Um, pretty much told him, like, "Hey, man, you know, you pretty much busted up part of my operation, so you you're gonna pay." And uh, that's that's just what it is. And it's like this dude Ghost cannot get out of like. He just can't get out of the drug game no matter how hard he tries. Something something pulls him back. And, I, yeah, just like you said, I honestly think just, you know, it, the team up is already in, in motion. Because, like, right now it seems like Tommy's cool with working under him. But at some point, you know, because you need a show, and in this show, dude's going to go too far and, like, ask too much of Tommy or take something of Tommy that's going to make him be like, all right, you got to go. And the only person that's going to be able to help him is, uh, is going to be ghost. Um, what did you think about the, uh, the Uber scene where this dude told him that, uh, he, he won't give them no stars. I mean, to me, that had, that had the line of the episode when, uh, the Uber driver, Uber driver calls, uh, I think he called him an he called him an Eminem looking fuck. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and then Tommy told him to give you zero stars, um, and he basically told him to test these nuts, Marshalls, or something like that. It was right. It, it was the line stars. of the episode. <laughs> okay, so if that's your line of the episode, I'm gonna get to mine. So from there we go to, um, you know, we go to we go to Kingpin and Train and Tariq, 
uh, pretty much letting his roommate know, like, hey, if don't bring, you know, already setting up his operation of of no no direct lines. And he got his roommate on the payroll to speak, so to speak, and uh, let him into his quote unquote operation. How did you feel about that? I feel like this is kind of setting up for what's going to be one of the. Because, you know, apparently there's going to be a bunch of power spinoffs or sequels or whatever it may be. And this is starting in the line of setting up though this whole entire episode when it comes to Tariq Kara's the character development is setting up those spinoffs and that Tariq is going to be uh, alive at the end of the series and he's going to start going down this road of being the next ghost at this Chota Academy where he already is telling people basically, don't talk to me. I'm the head. I'm the HNIC. I'm the dude that's providing the drugs but i ain't no corner boy i'm not out here on no corner selling nickel and diamond i'm not nobody that you come to to get the drugs from i am the top of the food chain and then i got my people underneath me that's gonna handle that light work so when the when the white boy brought the other white boy in to try to cop from tyreek directly to retold him place lee i don't know what the fuck you're talking about get the fuck out of here i'm the man uh you are basically my servant you deal these drugs for me and then I don't got nothing to do with actually nickel and diamond. I'm not no petty drug pusher. I'm a businessman. I'm at the top of the chain and it's setting that up. He's it's crazy. He's already set himself up to be his the distro. Yeah. Like of this bill organization. Like he's already put it like so we know he's smart. And the crazy thing is we don't well, we we don't fully know where he got this knowledge from. Like, yeah, he hung out with Kanan and Kanan kinda of school on some some you know ruthless street stuff as far as like how to handle uh you know getting your money back from cats that try and play you and that's pretty much along the lines of showing toughness but like i can't recall any particular point where someone explained to him what he's doing right now like setting himself up as the distro you know and having a pusher that reports to you for product and gives you the money so like it i think I don't know, and it could very well be I missed it, but like I thought that was a really, a really interesting way to show that like, oh, he's smart, like he knows what he's doing. I just kind of would have seen, would have liked to have known like, okay, where did he learn that from? It, it could be TV, you know, it could be movies or whatever. Um, but gonna be interesting to see how that how that takes place. So from there, we go into uh, speaking of the distro role, we go to Tommy meeting up with his uh, with his Primeras. And uh, tensions are running high. Cats um, is on edge when he, when they find out that Tommy's uh, quote unquote dead. And um, oh, I gotta say it now. So my line of the night, or I guess you could say like dialogue, goes to uh, goes to Spanky uh, yet again. Like dude is whenever he's on screen, he it's comedy. Um, when he when he pretty much made the zombie line, it was just like, look, if you a zombie, we gotta go because. They always eat the biggest brain, <laughs> and you know, two bit makes the SAT uh, declaration, and, and like Spanky's legit impressed. Like, oh wow, all right. Um, which led to okay. So, did you know that the dude, the big dude that you said had line of the week last week, the uh, Tommy need a hug thing? Yeah, like they've been calling him BG Grim, Big Grim. It's Black Grimace. Oh, Black Grimace. I, looked, I thought dude, it was Big Grimace. It's Black Grimace. Like, and I remember him making that joke a few seasons back, but it wasn't until I was on IMDb, like looking up some of the actors, and like I, I just happened to scroll across him, and it, it it said Black Grimace, and I was like, yo, I can't believe that they're they're officially calling this dude Black Grimace. 
But um, yeah, man, two bit, two. I have two, two predictions for for in regards to that team. One, two bit's gonna go right back to doing too much, and is gonna get somebody killed, if not himself. And two, part of the, part of the line of the night is uh, Spanky telling them like, hey man, like use your words, SAT. Um, they're gonna kill Spanky. And I hate to say it, it's because they're, I'm using Game of Thrones logic. Like, we like him too much. So I think they're going to take him from us at some point. And it's going to suck because people are going to be legit sad. They'll probably be sadder than, than when Reyna was, just the way people are nowadays. But, like, I think they're going to take Spanky. And 2-Bit is going to mess up. Like, he, he's going to overstep. I mean, well, what about two what bit, think about that scene? To me, 2-Bit doing, doing too much in general because, like, all right, we, you guys have a, like a minor argument. They're not even getting into no big thing where, you know, BG is like calling them like out and he pulling guns on somebody. To me, it's like over the top and extreme to be pulling gun on gun outs on somebody, like for minor, you know, like like my that's like me, like we going out, you like you and me going out as, as boys, and I order like a cheesesteak and you like I want a chicken cheesesteak, so you pull a gun on me because I messed up the order. It wasn't. Severe enough for him to be putting out a gun on somebody, so yeah, I, I you know I agree with you. I feel like either Spanky or him is gonna get above a above what their place is in the, in the totem pole, and something gonna happen to either one or both of them, if not both of them. Yeah, uh, Two Bit has Kanan mannerisms without the Kanan intimidation factor. Right, like like he's quick to pull a gun, quick to quick to hop up, but like not much follow through. Yeah. And that, I think that's what's going to mess around and, and get him or Spanky killed because Spanky will ride for, for two bit. And he's already said that in past episodes. Like, where you go, I go. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was impressed by that 2275, though. Yeah, man. That's almost a perfect like, score on a new scale. Like, the crazy thing about it is just like, oh, okay, so you're not necessarily dumb. You just wanted to be, you just wanted to be with the street kids. Like, because you obviously were smart. You know what I mean? You obviously had other options but you just wanted to be with the street kids it's like hey own it i guess you know what i mean yeah it is what it is but like you know and then how tommy i heal so fast they said basically three days passed since we first started the episode his high already not right, blocked no more. right but yeah, that's tv yeah, magic yeah, absolutely yeah there it is that's a that's a tv oversight that they you know it's a continuity error um because you now that you mention it yeah that I look look perfectly fine, and this like timeline wise, we're definitely within like. If you had to combine the the pat the first two episodes of the season, we're looking at a span of maybe we're probably on day three. Yeah, they said in the show they said three days. They basically say three days. Yeah, three days since Angela's been dead, and they got in a fight the next day. So, I mean, that's magic of TV. That's not really a big whoops, but it's like, come on, now, if you want to make this a little bit more realistic, Tommy's eye can't have healed. In a span of two days, where he had a bruise and now it's completely gone. Hey, he didn't make up and concealer tips from Keisha. But we'll talk <laughs> about that relationship. We'll but talk that, about that relationship later. The quickness of that also lead me to the next thing. So I think the next thing we go to Ghost and Angela, not get Angela, she, Angela did. Ghost and Tasha at the uh, divorce arbitration. Now she literally said she wanted a divorce within this three day span. How are they already at arbitration? How are they already fighting oh, yeah. about the money? Have arbitrated that quickly. They both then when they got divorced lawyers and also have an arbitrator that quickly when they're fighting over money. And basically, we learn 
which was a shock to me is that they had a prenuptial agreement and Tasha doesn't get anything and she is the one that prompts for the divorce to happen. To me, it hit me thinking one or two ways. For one, I, I still cannot figure out like how old these people are supposed to be as far as their characters go. From my understanding is that Ghost and Tasha met. I think uh, you know Ghost is a little bit older than Tasha, but Tasha was basically a teenager. Ghost was uh, a little bit older than her. but And they got, Tariq is what, 15, 16 years old? So I'm thinking, yeah. what drug dealer? Because at the time when they first started, you know, Ghost wasn't a businessman. They were still coming up, still trying to make their way in the world, still starting as drug dealers. Has a prenuptial agreement where his wife gets nothing if they start a divorce proceed. Uh, yeah, that is that is definitely an issue. Um, in regards to that, yeah, I'm definitely with you. It it's starting to look more and more like they're running into like that that same problem the final season of um, Game of Thrones had, where it's just like the perception of time has been thrown out the window. Because yeah, they definitely got that divorce stuff borderline together the next day. You know what I mean? Um, and honestly, it almost seemed like on day four was Angela's funeral, which we'll get to that later. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like they had a lot going on that third day. Um, before we get to the uh, the divorce stuff, before that, uh, Do uh, what's his name? Donovan and Blanca run go to uh, go to Tasha's house. Yeah, to question her, and it's it's amazing how despite the fact that Blanca obviously blames Angela for the Ray Ray uh, case going going the way it did, which she has every right to, the way she moves, her and Angela would have been crazy good together if they had ever worked together because mm -hmm. they have the exact same, like, in-your-face, like, kind of grimy move set when it comes to getting info out of people. Um, so, like, yeah, they would definitely be friends in, a, in another life. Um would you think of would you think of that like when Donovan's like yo like chill <laughs> like chill out on what on your line of questioning yeah yeah cuz so Donovan basically makes it seem like we only had to talk to her about Sterry Silver being missing and Tasha a pro at this game she handles this question very uh you know very well basically last time I seen him was when I saw him and then anything else I can't talk about because he was my attorney and we got attorney prank uh prank so the lady tried to try to mix her up, try to fix her up, try to make it seem like she was a part of this Angela thing. But Tasha, of course, was a G and didn't fall for any of that type of stuff. Honestly, the biggest thing I got out of the scene was the fact that you hear the little <laughs> mysterious third child yelling out mommy in the background when we have not seen this girl but once or twice in the entire six year run. Dude, when I heard her when I heard her shout out, my first thought was until the obviously the end of the episode but like my first thought was like that won't even hurt that was probably like some recording on her phone that she just played like from behind the door or something mm -hmm. like that because we know that girl that girl probably charged hefty per screen time it's probably why she she probably got the best contract on the show is they spend all their money on her appearances mm -hmm. but yeah i i had to laugh when that part happened i was like she ain't she ain't there she ain't there yeah but um the the divorce the divorce um, hearing and everything. Yeah, man. Um, it just, it just kind of reaffirmed what I said on last episode that every now and then Tasha has a tendency to get so caught up in, in like 
I need to get my revenge now. That like she overlooks stuff. It's like I feel like as smart as she is, like how do you overlook the fact that if you initiate the divorce, you get nothing. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, like the threats where it's just like she I think she's she's threatening ghosts. She makes these threats to ghosts of, you know, I'm gonna take you away, like I'm gonna put you away. I'll help them put you away and you know you'll you know you'll never see your kids again and all that stuff when she's just well not just as but like she's almost as dirty and implicated in so much stuff that he could easily he could easily flip it on her and be like all right well if i go down you're coming with me you know and the kids will just stay with your mom yeah. you know what i mean and so she she's she has the potential to be as big just as big a key player but like and it's i think it's you know obviously writing but it's like you you can't you can't overlook the fact that she gets so wrapped up in like petty revenge that like she overlooks stuff how do you not see that like how do you not realize that part of the of the clause and then like you know the the um the accounts that they i guess they kind of were trying to argue over it's like even if even if you had even if you get the money from those like you still can't demand half when the initial thing said and you know if there's a lawyer out there and i and we we know a few um maybe they can maybe they can educate us on that but like i still feel like even if you get access to the to the hidden accounts i feel like you still can't touch half because of the the clause from your original prenup um but yeah, we'll we'll see how that turns out if or if they just for appearances decide not to go through it to not ugh, excuse me I can't talk you think I'd be I've been drinking and I have <laughs> but um we'll see whether or not she can actually go go through with it. Well yeah um, yeah I mean you know it's just kind of piggyback on what you're saying like it's a little bit different because Ghost as much as he has lied to Angela and kept things from Angela when it came to their business dealings. And not, I keep saying Angela. I don't know why I keep saying Angela. Tasha. Tasha it's has been answer. heavily involved in all that type of deals. The shady shit, the murders, the drug game. She helped launder the money. So she's heavily involved. And the threat of trying to threaten ghosts with our reports to the police won't get very far. I, I don't understand why she even will bring that up. It's smarter. She, because it's dumb as she acts sometimes. She's very smart when it comes to this type of stuff. The street stuff at least. As far as like being a strong woman. And we'll talk about a little bit later the difference between her and Keisha. And I wanted to bring it up real quick when we came to the fact when um, Blanca and, and Donovan comes to their door. The difference between the way she reacted when she's in the face of dealing with a police interrogation or police questioning compared to the way Tisha did, Keisha does it later in the episode. But you think she would be so smart and, not, and, and realize that her snitching on ghosts is an empty threat because ghosts implicated. She will be caught up in all this type of stuff, stuff too. Because Ghost did not keep her shielded from this type of stuff. Ghost let her know about the murders of these people and who died and why they had to die. And even this episode, Ghost flat out tell well, Ghost lies to her about killing Tommy. But Ghost basically kind of alludes to the fact that he did something to Terry Silva and he in the past lied about not doing something to Terry Silva. But when they talk about it late in this episode, or I don't know if they had talked about it at this point, but they talk about the fact that what happened to Terry Silva. He saw her doing something with Terry Silva that made him do a type of action. And she knows that all with all the buries, the bodies are buried. So her getting caught up in the mess, 
will just lead to him get like if she snitched on him, you know, she'll also take a fall when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I don't know when she comes with these threats. Um, as far as the money, like I said, we know some people who work in family court. We know, I think we know at least definitely one person who definitely works in family court. Uh, I don't know how that works when it comes to like hidden accounts or frozen accounts, or even if she can even get access to these accounts, especially when a lot of these accounts is built on, you know, some of this got to be drug money. I know Ghost's been trying to get clean for the last five years, but some of that money still got to be drug money. You can't tell me it's not drug right. money at this point. Right. Um, which, you know, again, if if that comes into play, like where does this money come from? If she says it came from his drug business, all he has to do is, yeah, but you helped me launder through your best friend's beauty shop. Pretty and much. And I think like when you mention it, like she is super smart, super street smart. And I think her Achilles heel is she's not she's not legal smart. Like she she can get you all the street jams, but like she's never she's never given much thought to the legal aspect and like the the business aspect. Um, and that's where Ghost kind of has her outmatched is because Every like every time he brings up a valid point to her, like okay, legally this is what happens, and this is you know if you do this, like she's stumped every single time, um, from season one to now. Um, so I I can I I'm I'm wondering how that's gonna play out, or or if she's just gonna just kind of let that go, um, and you know we'll definitely get into Keisha a little bit later, but like like you mentioned how she handles uh, the. The, the the feds when they come to the door you know in Keisha's defense Tasha has had way more way more practice because um and we we can't forget that like Keisha did lie to the feds during her interrogation a few seasons back when it came to like Tariq and Kanan and everything so she's already she's already like done some of this stuff but like she didn't she didn't anticipate this being her life now you know what I mean so but like I said we'll, we'll get to that in a minute um as far as him not telling telling her that that he killed Tommy, um, yes, he definitely lied. But here's the thing about that scene that I thought was interesting. Um, yes, he definitely lied. Without a doubt, he definitely lied. However, even if I were going to tell the truth, the last place I'm going to to tell the truth that I murdered somebody would be in the middle of this this lawyer this this lawyer's office. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They were in the hallway. There were people waiting for the elevator and everything i'm i'm not going to confess to it in a, in a in a lawyer's building so it's like I, that you can take that one any way you want um speaking of lawyers we got we got sax propositioning uh mrs proctor to 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 place a tap place like a wiretap on his daughter on her well their daughter's bag so he can he can get some inside info and uh we found out that uh miss proctor is just as conniving and <laughs> slimy as sax and and joe proctor what, what did you think of that scene and how she kind of how she she kind of flexed her legal muscle on him I, I always thought like proctor is going like they set up a scene where proctor is going to end up having to Make a decision whether he gonna flip or or tell on on ghosts in some type of way, and I thought they started it last week when the the new what do they call it AS AUSA whatever they call it the U.S. attorney went and visited him at his daughter's dance recital. Um, so I think they're gonna find a way to try to use his daughter as a way to kind of flip Proctor, and 
I think the wife is all for because she's out to. I feel like it's more than just trying to get her daughter back. It's also also to try to get one up on Joe because she does, even if you go to the court proceeding later in the episode, blame him for getting her hooked on cocaine for some type of way. How he's not hooked on cocaine, but she's hooked on cocaine, I guess maybe they'll elaborate on that further. But apparently she blames him for her downfall, which she was, I guess, a rising lawyer too. Or she at least passed the bar as she talks to her and gets a job later in the episode. Um, but some type of way they're going to use the daughter to kind of try to flip Proctor. To me, I don't understand how this really makes sense in the fact that how often is his daughter's backpack going to be in a scene where he is talking about illegal activity? Like, is his daughter's backpack just always present throughout the entire episode? But you saw that she was definitely a conniving or a smart and scheming woman when uh, Sax comes to her and basically says, look, we want to try to get Joe. We know you got the key to getting Joe. We want to use your daughter. And she's like, I'll only do it if you help me get my daughter back, which I guess he does get a recommendation to get her that job. Yeah. Um, which was smart. You know what I mean? She was like, because Sax told her straight up, it's like, yeah, no, there's no place that would hire you. Um, and she was like, yeah, well, you're going to you're gonna help me with that. Um, in regards to the backpack, uh, I think because we don't see Proctor with his daughter enough to question how often the backpack is going to be around. Um, it's it's kind of just one of those blind trust things that like, now that we know it exists, it'll, we'll be looking for it in scenes, you know what I mean? From here on out. Um, well, we, we might as well go ahead and get that, their particular court proceeding out the way now for, for real, for real. Cause they're kind of, they're like, they're like secondary, uh, yeah, uh, they like character. a third, honestly, a third or fourth story at this point. You're you're absolutely right. Um, that that court proceeding was interesting. I'd watch a show of a of the Proctors just doing battle in the courtroom, um, just you know them representing different clients and just going going toe to toe with their remarks and just just complete snark and sarcasm back mm -hmm. and forth. I'd I'd watch thirty minutes of that. Yeah. Weekly. See, I, see, I honestly thought when I saw how the how it was playing out, I thought it was going to turn in. You, you know that story from the Bible about, I think it's Samson, King Samson or whatever. I might be getting it wrong. I ain't no Bible expert, but it's a story in the Bible where there's a baby and two women are fighting for. I'm both in the mother of the baby, and the king is like, "Well, let's cut the baby in half." And then one woman was like, "Okay, let's do it. Let's cut the baby in half. Whoever gets." each half of the baby and the other person was like no don't cut my baby in half and that's how he determined who was the real you know mother of the baby have you heard that bible story yeah. i yeah, thought yeah. I, I feel like it was setting up to be that way because throughout this time proceeding where they are fighting for custody of the daughter and joe proctor seems very concerned about his daughter's mental health the mental well-being when it comes to yeah. choosing her to battle out do i want to be with mommy or when i be with daddy he basically conceded defeat in this particular situation, even though he does not, he thinks the mother should not have, you know, have custody of her because the daughter was so emotionally distraught by the judge coming in and asking him who she want to live with. So I feel like the Achilles heel of Joe Proctor when it comes to protecting ghosts or looking out for ghosts is going to be his daughter. And they're going to find a way to use and manipulate that daughter to make him possibly turn state evidence against ghosts and Tommy and the whole crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, I guess at this point, it's, well, you know what? I was going to say it's just a matter of time, but it looked like from the, on the next episode, 
it looks like they they've already they're already going to be having a conversation um, near that backpack. Um, so from there, well, actually, you know, we're backtracking. We just you know kind of want to get that out of the way. Uh, Keisha is doing entirely too much. Yeah, to it, to me. It's, uh, I'm not even to cut you off, but this, to me, this scene shows so many things that I think is going to be, and they kind of laying the foundation as to what's going to happen moving forward in this episode, in, in in the season. Keisha is not built for this lifestyle, um, and then they show Cash again in another limited. After we haven't seen Cash for five years, they finally they show Cash for a second time. So it leads me to one or two things: something bad is going to happen to Cash. Cash is going to catch a straight bullet or they meant to catch Tommy or they meant to catch somebody or meant to catch somebody and then Cash is going to end up even, you know, dead or horribly hurt or in some type of coma or something and that's going to lead to Keisha flipping and then we saw it wasn't even no uh, anybody, you don't have to be involved in street life in real life. Anybody knows, even from watching TVs and movies, the police don't knock at your door in a polite manner. Right. Somebody knocked at the door, Keisha immediately started freaking out and Tommy even references it when he talks to Tasha late in the episode. It's like, you know, I don't think she should keep she built for this life because it was a basic knock at the door and she was ready to go nuts when it wasn't even the police. It wasn't even an aggressive knock. They hadn't even pulled her in for questioning. They hadn't arrested anybody. It was just a knock at the door and she was already snapping. So Tommy is already starting to get a, a feeling in the back of his mind that Keisha's not built for this. And as soon as Keisha... For all the talk or whatever it is, as soon as Keisha becomes expendable to Tommy, he's going to cut her off in one way or another. Whether it be to kill her or he just stop messing around with her. Keisha is not built for this lifestyle in the show in that particular episode. Or that yeah. scene. Um, yeah, it's definitely a quick flip. Um, she went from ready to cop a deal to I'm, now I'm tough because it's not the police. And it, it happens to be somebody that I, I don't like. Which is just like, yeah, you you're not granted if it came down to it i definitely see keisha swinging before tasha but that's just because they know each other like if another if a random chick just ran up on them i i don't see keisha being as tough in the scenario and definitely not in prison and she's showing it just like you said like she's showing that she is not built for this and just it it's just a matter of time it's just a matter of time um from there, we go to uh, Ghost waiting for Tariq in his house. Well, not in his house. Wow. In his dorm room. What you, would you think of that scene? I mean, like I said, this, this was coming talk about in the first episode when these people really started ch uh, choosing sides. So, to you know, people didn't, well, I'm sure you watched, but Ghost goes to see Tariq to tell him basically that Tommy is dead. And Tariq is also, you, you can see the heart in the Tariq when he immediately see Ghost in his room he his first question is who's dead. He doesn't think his dad is just coming to visit or his dad is just coming to say hey what's up or just spend some quality time is. From now he associates anytime he sees his his father with somebody who must have died or some type of big tragic accident has happened. So who's dead in this particular situation? So he goes to him. He says yo Tommy is yo who's dead? Ghost finally says Tommy is dead. He died last and he says he died last night. Tariq and they show in the first episode or the first scene of the show. Tariq had talked to Tommy that morning and actually had got the Uber that Tommy drove in. So he knew who Tariq was. I mean, I'm sorry, Tommy was alive. And that shows the first the first scene of somebody picking Tommy over Ghost. And this is not just anybody. This is Ghost's son 
is choosing to pick, hey, I'm riding with Tommy in this particular situation because he lets Ghost know that he that Tommy, hey, he could have been like, yo, no, I talked to Uncle Tommy this morning. He's not dead. But he lets Ghost believe that Tommy is dead. And then he also gives the thing where he reaches out to Tommy and says, hey, my dad was here. He thinks you're dead. He admitted that he killed you or he believes he has killed you. And basically gave Tommy the green light. Like, if you kill my dad, that's fine. If that's what you guys have to come to, just give me the heads up before you do it. Right. Um, my only issue with the way that scene played out was that it was a complete 180 from the phone call. The last interaction. It's like you, he literally, and look at, look at our timeline. This was literally the night before he's talking to him on the phone and he's playing nice. Like he's, he's kind of consoling his dad and just saying like, Hey, this is, you know, kind of just being semi there for him, not fully, but like, Hey, like, despite the fact that I didn't like her, I appreciate everything she did for me. And then literally the next time he sees him, which is literally the next day, it's like it's right back to to the way it was. And it's just like I just thought that was I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. It's just like it, I feel like he could have played it a little better. Um But yeah, like Ghost okay, so yeah, Ghost told the truth about him trying to kill Tommy, but there was something else he lied about that I totally I I, I can't it's at, it's off the it's Oh, I can't remember, but like, I I was, uh, Ghost was one hundred. He told him the truth. He told him that he, that he killed Tommy. But like, to ask him something else, and he lied about it. I just can't remember. Oh, he asked him about why did he have to kill his Uncle Tommy, or what did Uncle Tommy do to deserve to die, or what it you know. So instead of Ghost admitting that he um set Tommy up to kill his dad, that, for Tommy to kill Teresi. Yeah. He made it seem like Tommy just, Tommy just tried to kill him because he asked him why he asked Ghost asked Tariq asked Ghost why he had to do it, and Tariq a Ghost tells Tariq Tommy killed Angela, but he was meaning to kill me, and then Tariq asked Tommy, I mean asked Ghost, well why would Uncle Tommy want to kill you? And instead of Ghost saying, well I set him up to kill Teresi, Ghost made it seem Ghost makes it seem like Tommy just snapped and didn't want just did it to do it, right and. That's where that's where Ghost messed up because Tariq already knew that Ghost set him up, set Tommy up to kill his to kill his own father, and he gave him a chance to be completely honest with them, and he was only partially honest with them. So it's like Ghost, even when you're even when you're honest, you you still sprinkle a lie in there. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and to me, that's the biggest difference, and the reason why Tariq chose Tommy over Ghost is because, it's in spite of Tommy and all his faults. Tommy has always been real with Tariq. He doesn't lie to him. He doesn't try to sugarcoat stuff with him. And when Tariq asked Tommy what the beef was about between him and Ghost, Tommy was flat out honest and told him, your dad tricked me into killing my own dad. Where when Tommy asked, Tariq asked Ghost anything, Ghost continually, even though Ghost at this, at this point, Ghost has no reason to lie to Tariq. Tariq know it's a facade. Tariq know that Ghost ain't just no businessman. Tariq know Ghost is a street dealer and his past and his dealers with Canaan and all this type of stuff. So Ghost is still just lying to this boy just to lie to him at this point. And Tariq just had enough of it. Tariq is old enough to realize that like, yo, I'm, what's Tariq on the show? I think it's 15 or 16 years old. Stop lying to me. Be real with me. And then maybe we can like kind of build this relationship back. But Ghost refuses to do that. 
Yeah. And that that goes back to what what I talked about when we did uh the um the let's talk about power episode um where we pretty much just kind of recapped the series and and a lot of the characters and i pretty much explained myself as a Tariq apologist all Tariq is is the kid who found out that christmas wasn't real and his parents continue to lie to him about it like he's a teenager going through teenage stuff teenage angst teenage rebellion and he's unfortunately doing it with the worst parents in the world so it's like when people go on these tirades about how Tyreek need Tyreek need to be whooped and Tyreek need this and that. It's like Tyreek needs a decent pair of parents. Like at that's that's what he needs. He needs a decent pair of parents. But what are you gonna do? Um Once we leave there, Councilman O Dog shows back up with his tiny mustache and fresh from the fountain of youth because it's ridiculous how how much that dude has not aged i think the dude i think lorenz tate's got to be a vampire or something like that because dude looks like it's 1994 and i don't get it i got gray hairs creeping you know creeping up my beard every day and this dude looks like he about to be a college sophomore what do you think about uh his resurface <sighs> to me and i was i was talking earlier today uh with a friend of ours about this to me like like I said, Lorenz Tate don't 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 look like he aged past when he was sixteen years old, basically, or eighteen years old. But the problem with to me is like they got him saying all these menacing lines, but he's like a talk to me. Like he he look like he about five foot five. He don't look like he can and then later in the episode they show, you know, some physical stuff he gets into. But to me it's like he all talking about, you know, yada yada yada, ghost, you ain't gonna mess me over, blah, blah, blah. But it's like What's the punch behind his his words? Because I don't look like he could. He don't look like he could knock anybody out or beat anybody up physically. Because he looks very young, but he's also not a big guy. He's not a big, menacing, tough kind of tough guy. So it's like, you know, they don't give. It's not enough punch behind his words when it comes to like the physical, you know, aspect of it. Because even Ghost is not a very tall guy, but Ghost, you know, or the character he's, who plays, he's broad. He's like, you know, he's buff. Yeah. He's like it's a menacing presence. Yeah. Where Lorenz Tate is just like, okay, he's about what five foot six, five foot seven. He doesn't seem menacing, even though he's delivering these menacing lines. Like, look, man, stay away from me. Um, as far as the episode, the the, the scene itself, um, and I'm include not only the scene where they were first were talking, but also the scene where he's giving the speech, and then also the further scene where uh, he offers the guy the job to um, look into Ghost's background. Um, you know, I, I was good to see him back in the mix. I was wondering where his role was going to be this, this season moving forward, especially as he goes to this governor's this governor's race. Um, it was good to see him. Uh, like I said, the medicine lines weren't that tough because of his his physical stature, but I like how they did throw in the fall where he beats up his I don't know if it's like, that's his campaign manager or whatever it is to kind of show that like he's not to be messed with. He is a tough guy, and, and, and he's not just all about words. And he does have a background from the streets, even though he's you know, always trying to throw out this role of being a, you know, professional and I'm running for governor. So I got to be like a nice guy type of thing. So I liked how they kind of gave us, you know, that part where he beats up that guy to show that like, maybe this guy is somebody who'd be worth, you know, worth reckoning with. Um, I agree with all that. Um, and I think it, it shows even more when, when he's dealing with ghost where, or excuse me, where he's dealing with James, um, because like he's giving him all these orders and he's telling him what he's not going to do and 
James just kind of playing it off like, yeah, okay, all right. And then, like, when he sees that he has to do damage control, because this dude is like, every time you think that he's got it under control, the the dude just kind of, he's just kind of whatever's it. Let me speak to your manager type deal. Uh, well, let me speak to the manager's manager type deal. Um, and he's just like, all right, let me step in and, and take this over. And then he just kind of flexed on him as, like, not only am I going to handle this for you, I'm also going to take credit, <laughs> take partial credit for your speech, and I'm going to work in a plug for myself. Um, well, well so yeah, I, not to interrupt you, quick, but he wasn't taking he that part wasn't set wasn't taking credit for the speech itself. It was him setting up his alibi for where he was because he still at that point though time he was dead. Because remember, yeah, Tate I told him, realize that. yeah, Tate told him I had been I've been in my office alone for the last eighteen hours writing this speech. So Ghost basically says I was helping him writing the speech for the last eighteen hours. So if anybody questions Ghost where he was the night Tommy died. He can say, well, I, I said in a live press conference, I was with Councilman Tate writing a speech for his, you know, governor's launch. I completely missed that. Good, good catch. Because I, I definitely missed that. That, that was, man, like, I've said it before, like, despite the fact that he's, you know, he's a dirty dude, Ghost is, like, the ultimate, like, like just kind of strategist like he's smart he's quick on his feet with the street stuff and the legal stuff i didn't even i didn't even pick up on that that was that was smart that was really smart um but yeah i i did think it was kind of funny um him beating up his campaign manager or assistant or whatever um and then talking tough on his way out the door it was like yeah you you caught this dude off guard but like I kind of want to see you run it back where the dude's expecting it because he, he had the, the uh, his campaign manager had a good 15, 20 pounds on him. So like, let run it back when he's expecting it. Let, let's see how that, how that goes. So I don't see that whole scene. If it was a black guy, like if his campaign, campaign manager was black, I would believe that scene even more because we know a white person will go to the police fast as hell. You ain't going to beat up no white, white collar person who work, you know, in that kind of world, beat him up. And him not run to the police and, and get you arrested. I don't care what he said. He don't have nothing on this guy to stop that guy from going to police. So when he beat well, him up, I was like, why won't he? Why wouldn't this guy just run and tell the police that Councilman Tate beat me up and ruined his chances of being governor? Well, you do got to remember that he said that, like, yo, I know about your background too. So it could be that whatever his background is is scary enough for him to be like, okay, let me let me get in line. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me not, or if I do go to the police, let me be smarter about this. You know what I'm saying? Because he did allude to the fact that, like, he knew about his background, so to speak. So it's like, and ever since he showed up, there's been some sort of just something hanging in the air that, like, Council and Tate has a shady background. It's just that no one knows what it is. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly. Mm-hmm. But After like, that, we got, mm. we got, uh, we got Tommy and Tasha having their their conversation about Keisha um, hiding from her and whatnot. Uh, this was the the whole Keisha thing aside, because you know most of that was was somewhat somewhat obvious um, as far as the fact that yeah we've already spoken on that Keisha's doing way too much and and she is not built for this. Um, something else came up where they're they're talking about the. The, the divorce thing and you know money for the kids and everything and tasha does something real shady it's it's grimy 
she drops the note in Tommy's ear that the kids would be fine, would be better off if Ghost were dead. If somebody, if by chance he were killed, um, that you know they would get the money and the insurance and the will and all that stuff if he were to die. And besides the fact that the acting, the way she delivered the lines or whatever was really weird, but like it, it's definitely like, yeah, like I'm not saying you should kill ghosts. I'm not saying that. But if you did, here's the positives. And like Tommy kind of picks up on that. And it was kind of hard to tell, like, if it was like, you know what, you're right. Like, I hear like the kids would be better off if he were dead, like financially, or if he picked up on it, like, are you really like, are you is this your way of telling me to go? Are you giving me the green light to go ahead and do this? Um, if so, like, wow. And I, I thought that was that was an interesting uh, that was an interesting point between the two of them. What'd you think? I mean, like I said, it was definitely a very mixed scene because she does talk. You know, it starts off where they talking about like Tom. Basically, basic, Ghost is basically not giving her any money. He's not going to give her anything as far as the divorce goes. And then she she was very flip floppy or non-committal when it came to whether it be good or bad for Ghost to be gone. Like she never like she was like no. Maybe for the kids, don't kill ghosts. But she also was, like you said, kind of giving that message like, okay, we can't get the money because if I get the divorce, Ghost ain't going to give us some money. But if Ghost is dead, I am still the beneficiary as his wife. And me and the kids will be all right. It's based, it's based off any legal money they're entitled to get from Ghost. Um, so it, it was kind of like a, uh, like I said, a mixed bag. She wasn't like flat out saying, go kill ghosts. But she also was kind of like hedging and basically putting her support behind Tommy the same way Tariq was. In the sense that, like, if something bad happens to ghosts, uh, the kids will probably be really distraught about it. But at the end of the day, if something bad happened to ghosts, I wouldn't be that broken hearted about broken hearted about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I feel like that was more like leads into the side of this episode of whose side you're on, where the closest people ghost has nobody left at this point. To me, ghost has nobody left. Uh, he, he he's going to divorce, he's going through a divorce with Tasha. Tasha still is basically supporting him on paper for appearances' sake, especially when it comes to the Angela, the Angela murder. His son has no love for him. Um, his best friend is the, is the one they saying is basically okay for him to kill. And then the only person he really has any type of connection with at this point is well, it's two people. One is Jason, uh, the Serbian dude who is extorting him for hundred thousand dollars because he thinks Tommy is dead. And then later in the episode, it also shows that basically. Tommy is untouchable unless you are willing to step into Tommy's place or find somebody to step into Tommy's place. And the other person is Councilman Tate or, or Rashad Tate, who's running for governor, who's basically is dealing with him in the sense that he has no choice but to deal with him, but it's not really on his side. And even Proctor at this point is basically saying, I'm still your lawyer, but he is not even committed to ghosts in the sense that he's willing to give or, or, or give up everything especially when it comes to his child to help to make sure ghost doesn't end up in jail. So at this point, ghost who is normally, like you said, very strategic and very, the guy who, who is always up on everybody else. And this is how episode I felt ghost was like, you know, reeling. He was always the person who was out of the loop when it came to all the thing. Everybody had a up on ghost when go normally ghost is the guy who is willing and dealing and is the man in charge. Which I think is a good thing because we're so used to seeing him, 
kind of in control and one step ahead and with, you know, an ace or two in his back pocket. Um, every now and then, I think it's good to see that character kind of with his back against the wall because that's usually when they pull out something magical unless they're set up for, for death, like, you know, Heisenberg or something like that. But um, I think this was this was a necessary uh, a necessary road. At some point, this was this was bound to happen because he's he's been on top for so long of the series. So um, I'm I'm curious to see how he works this out, um, or if he can work this out, and he's if the clock is just ticking until his demise. Um, the crazy thing about the whole you know money situation is like again, if she had just been a little a little more patient instead of trying to go for the jugular, she still could have done. Like she still could have played, played the game enough that she could she could get the money for kit for the kids, and then find a way to get to get the divorce to work in her favor. But typical typical petty Tasha, like she wanted she wanted results now, and she she kind of painted her own self into a corner. Um, because just like you said, like like we said earlier, like when she's talking to Tommy and she's sitting in the car. It's like you can see that she's remembering like, dang, like I can't believe I didn't realize that if I start this, like I kind of screwed myself. I shot myself in the foot by starting this this divorce proceeding. That's that's kind of how we got here. Like if I'd have played this a little smarter, I'd have more options. Um, but yeah, like Ghost has no one. Um, he's drinking again. Like I don't know if you picked up on that, but like he's he's been drinking again. Throughout the episode, he has there's a few times where he's got a glass in his hand. Yeah, he drinks that. Um, I think after the speech with Truth, uh, the speech with Tate at Truth, he's drinking that Johnny Walker Blue Label. I think when uh, Tasha goes to meet him in the uh, the penthouse, he's drinking. But I yeah. could be wrong. But I think he's drinking right before they have that little exchange about. She basically says, "Look, you gonna have to pay me if you want me to shut up and be quiet. You gonna have to pay me." And he goes and said the whole thing. Well, I'm paying all my money to to um to the Serbian dude, Jason. I have nothing left. And she's like, well, that's not my problem. You're going to make it work. So Tasha did get a little bit smarter towards the end of the episode. was like, okay, I'm not going to get this money through legal means, through the divorce. But at least I can extort or blackmail ghosts into at least giving me enough to, to have a place for me and Yaz to live and keep Tariq in school. Right. And again it's like i i still don't understand like well no she was she was a little I, i'll give you it and she was a little smarter that she she pretty much and she at least was smart enough to say like me and me and yaz need to play this day you know you need to give me money for that but like she she still approaches him with this i'm gonna take you down thing and constantly forgets that like he could easily take you with him you know what I mean? Um, but speaking of that scene in the penthouse, I thought it was funny that even in the even in the the state, even of you know, even in the state of of crisis, Ghost can still throw a petty jab back himself. Because when um when she asked him like you know, is there anything on that uh those cameras that you wouldn't want them to see? And he was like, is there anything you wouldn't want them to see, dude? I was I almost lost it, but. Again, I have to point out, he is still, in in the midst of all this dirt, he is still denying that he killed, um, that he killed uh, Silver. Yeah. 
which like I, it's it's starting to strengthen my my claim that like I Silva might be alive because I don't I don't understand. Well, I don't know. Well, no, because even when he's talking to to Proctor, he kind of he he doesn't even say that like yeah he doesn't even allude to the fact that like he killed Terry. He doesn't even kind of like say it legally like. I had, you know, like he doesn't, there's no hints to it. Like right. it still feels like he didn't kill him. Right. Because when it came to Tommy, he know. flat out told Tommy, I mean, not Tommy, he flat out told Proctor I killed Tommy. You know, Tommy's yeah. dead. I killed him last night. Yeah. Like, and if you're going to, well, I don't know. That could be along the lines of when he was talking to um, Missick, where it's just like, did, does anybody else know you, kill, you killed him? And he's just like other bad guys. So it could be in that same that same line of like no one no one would be no one would really come looking for Tommy for real for real if he were dead whereas in yeah if he did if he did kill Silver I definitely would keep that one super super close to the vest too um but at the same time like if he did kill Silver he I feel like he would be looking for a way to cover his tracks for that with he would go to Proctor to find a way to cover his tracks for that you know what I mean yeah, but I also feel maybe like 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 he knows that he was the only one involved in this particular situation when it came to Silva, and there's no point in incriminating myself with anybody. And he definitely like, why would he tell Tasha when Tasha looked at Silva his it's her way out, and he still needs Tasha for protection when it comes to certain things. Like he still needs Tasha's to come ta- excuse me Tasha to come to Angela's funeral so they can put on the innocent front. He still needs Tasha for different willings and dealings that he's involved with. So the last thing he want to do is tell Tasha, yo, I killed Silver because then Tasha might finally, you know, go all the way out and say, look, go shoot and mess me up too many times. Every time I think I'm about to have some kind of straight up happiness since this whole Angela thing started where you started cheating on Angela, it always blows up in her face. First, And he even he even brings it up. First it was Sean, then it's Silver was supposed to be her way out, and they both are gone, and she's still stuck in the same situation. So I don't think she'll, I don't think he'll ever admit to um, anybody, well, not especially the Sasha that he killed Silver. Hmm. Let's see how it plays out. Um, we got to talk about Paz and her character, like g- giving us a whole range of conflict throughout the se- You know, the two episodes she's been in, and it almost feels like the way this episode wrapped up, we we may have seen the last of her possibly until until we get those forensic reports back um when she finds that phone and starts you know texting and calling people who who she thought was you know ghost um my first thought was like she's getting in too deep she is getting in way too deep um i i thought she was gonna swing on tasha mm-hmm. in broad daylight mm-hmm. um but you know tasha being street smart and pretty much and showing a little bit of the legal the legal smartness where she pretty much told her like hey your sister was just almost as dirty as us like she she wasn't that clean so like you can turn me in if you want to but um or, uh you need to think about that right what did you, what did you think of pop throughout this, this uh I, I agree with you i feel like this, is, this should be the last of pause i don't know what else she can bring to you know the character of that role because like what else is for her to do? Um, she you know she reaches out to somebody. She finds a burner phone in her sister's apartment. She texts the person that she believes to be Ghost. It turns out to be Tasha. Uh, Tasha basically says, "Look, I had no beef with your sister. 
I had nothing to do with your sister dying. Um, me and her actually had come to an agreement and she actually was looking out for us. She wasn't going to snitch on Ghost. She wasn't going to snitch on none of us. And I think she also, even though paused later on when she sees Ghost, like when she sees Tasha at the funeral, she gives her a head nod and a very positive, like um, reassuring, like I appreciate you. And she still gives Ghost like this scoff. But I think she, from her discussion with Tasha, realized that Ghost had nothing to do with, with, with Angela dying. I don't think she believes any at this point that Ghost or Tasha had anything to do with Angela dying. She thinks, in the sense that they didn't like physically kill her. They're not the ones that actually killed her. They know that her involvement with Ghost is the reason why she's dead. But she doesn't blame Tasha on them and, and like the actual being the ones that physically killed her. Even though their involvement with her is the reason why they got her dead. So I feel like that um, this is the last of pause. When she put the phone into the casket and buried yeah. that secret. I feel like, and she even told her, basically your secret dies with you or your secret goes with you. I feel like this is the last pause because it's like nothing else for her to do. At this point, Paz has nothing else to add to the story. Uh, she buried her sister. She has no additional evidence. Um, she gave the phone, the last piece of evidence that could possibly implicate anybody, she put in the casket. So I don't see any reason to bring her back unless she's just like in the courtroom, um, you know, when, when, when Ghost is sentenced or something like that. Or actually maybe in a flip of it all, if they really want to blow our mind, maybe Paz kills Ghost. Maybe Paz finally realizes that the Sax is giving her a bunch of a BS, and they're not going to do nothing to put Ghost in jail. And maybe she the one to finally say it's Ghost is the reason my sister is dead. She pulls the trigger and take Ghost out. It would be a nice twist. Um, it would definitely be a nice twist. But I definitely like the fact that like she, she's just like I'm not going to get caught up with all these people, and she just put a phone. Put the phone in the uh, in the casket and let it rip. This this thought just hit me. What if? And this this it gets dark. It, but stay with me. What if forensic reports come back funny? And um, Sachs, being the slime ball that he is, mm. says they zooms her body. Let's exhum her body, ah. and they find that phone. Damn. And they find Paz's prints on that phone. I mean that I feel like that's so, kind of far reaching because I feel like even with even with the autopsy report, what are you really gonna find out from the fact that she was shot in the chest? We know she was shot. We know she was shot from above. So I don't even know what the autopsy was about. It's not like there's no mystery until how she died. We know she died from a, a gunshot wound. Uh, but I like that. I like your thinking on that. I think I feel like that's outside the box. I feel like that's a fresh twist on it. And then he, he would be petty enough to to dig her body up. And then in the in, <laughs> if anyone. In, in the scope of it all, they found that damn uh, phone in there and they used it to tire back to Tasha and Ghost and all of them. Yeah, if anyone, it would be sex. Like that's just my little my little tinfoil hat moment. Um but in regards to, you know, some of the pod stuff, again, Blanca running up on uh who did she run up on? Tasha, right? Yeah, she ran up on Tasha. Yeah, right after she finished right talking to Pod. Meeting. Like if if Blanca is I man I think Blanca might be Angela's soul coming back to torment these cats one more time before she go. Because Paz ran up on her and was just like, hey, I'm on to you. <laughs> like, um, you you full of it. And Tasha had to come clean and she was she was doing silver. But, um, even, so even, but even, once again, going back to the Keisha versus Tasha dynamic, Tasha still was not shook in that moment. She didn't fold. She wasn't nervous. She still was like, okay, basically, she made it seem like I'm just an embarrassed married woman that don't want to let out that I'm having an affair. Even though 
we all know that her go her, you know her husband has not been faithful to her she's like oh i still got enough pride in my relationship or in my marriage that i don't want to admit that i'm having an affair with somebody and that's why i didn't tell you that me and i saw silver after the fact that the last time i saw you because we were having sex yeah oh yeah um but again like I, i'm totally on board with Keisha, with keisha not being built for this but you gotta remember tasha's had more practice you know what i mean um so we, okay we bounce all around the place with Oz and we kind of wrapped her up um we got to talk about tommy i honestly when Tommy had the gun out in broad daylight and was ready to run up on Ghost, my thoughts were, most, bless you, most of this episode, Thanks. most of this season is going to be them taking shots at each other back and forth, and I am a-okay with that. I would love to see a whole bunch of uh, spy versus spy um, type, you know, tag games with these two. Mm -hmm. um, we obviously, we're obviously not going to get that wish, I don't think. But yeah, like um, when when he was gearing up, and he starts to tell Ghost, not excuse me, well at this point Ghost Junior, he starts to tell Tariq, and then he deletes it. He still doesn't tell him. Like he's so ready to go in there, which I thought was was interesting because at that point Tommy has made the decision to kill Ghost and not tell Tariq. Yeah. Like he wished. So let's say it happens. And then Tariq finds out secondhand. Does he now flip and go at Tommy? Because right. all he wanted was was the heads up, and he didn't give it to him. What do you think? Like to, to me, I, I feel like this the, the whole scene where Tommy's about to kill Ghost outside of Truth, um, and then he's a, of course kidnapped by these Serbians. It's once again setting up the team up. These guys are going to beef, you know, for two or three more episodes. So I think it's sixteen episodes. Beef for two or three more episodes, and for some reason. They have to come together because the Serbian is going to keep on putting pressure on both of them because the, they still put the Serbian guy still putting pressure on both of them. He's putting pressure on the since the, the ghost of basically telling ghost, look, unless you can find a replacement for Tommy, I'm going to kill you if you mess with Tommy. And he's putting the pressure on Tommy to basically telling Tommy, look, you don't have the authority to kill ghosts. Um, ghost is basically off limits. For some reason, he puts a Tommy can't touch ghosts. And I'm going to protect you from ghosts in the sense that he's taxing them both to, to, to for some reason to keep keep each other alive. So eventually it's going to, to the point where these this guys will keep putting so much pressure on the two of them. They're going to have to team up once again to kill the Serbian dude, which they've done, you know, probably in four to five seasons. They didn't had some reason they had some beef and they had to team up. So I think that's what is these scenes or the scene of Tommy about to be killing ghosts and then getting saved and all this type of stuff. Is leading to the, the ultimate where they have to team up again. Um, in, in, in particular, as far as the scene goes, I didn't really understand it because I'm not sure why the Serbian dude cares if Ghost is dead or not. Like, I, that's the uh, part I don't understand. Unless he was still trying to tax him for the 100000 That's why. That's exactly why. Because now he's getting money up out of both of them. Like, it, you know, I mean, from his standpoint, he's untouchable. Like, Jason Message feels like he's untouchable so why not keep both these these new you know why not keep my connect well my my distro alive and you know get as much as out of I, as i can out of this dude who thinks he killed somebody who works for me like to you know you know what they say is many multiple streams of income as possible like 
go for it. So I think that's that's pretty much he saw the opportunity to keep to pretty much blackmail a dude who just wants to keep himself and his family alive. You know what I mean? So it's just like I I, I totally understood it, and I was like, okay. And I'm gonna go ahead and say it now. Um, right now in the power rankings, he's in the lead. He's winning right now because he's got he's got one on his payroll that's afraid to that's afraid to you know go against his orders or he'll be killed and he's got another one who's pretty much paying him for protection or that's going to be his new you know his new workhorse like you want to stay out he's pretty much that that that's what makes it even even more even more raw even more savage he's pretty much he pretty much told ghost he's got ghost paying him to stay out of the drug game like you you want out of the the drug game here's your fee to stay out of it if you don't then you're back in it paying me one way or another like ghost is stuck you know Tommy's stuck too but he's where he wants to be to a degree and now that he's he's got this the security he's oh man we'll get we'll get to that um actually you know what no we're not we'll get to that we'll get to that from there we got to go to to tommy having his next meet with keisha and what i like to call um when lightweight pimping backfires um he he comes to, to keisha with a gif and he he tries he tries to lay down the pimping on her and it's like look if you want to you know he he, he tried to get smooth on her it's like look if you want the world i'll give you the world but it comes with a certain responsibility. Like he didn't even say what the responsibility was, but like he was just like, you know, he, he hit her with my old school pimp. Like, you want to be a part of this pimping? Like, there's some things I need of you. And it immediately goes out the window when she realizes that that he had help from Tasha to get that gift. And she pretty much set him straight. Like, if you want me and I want you, Tasha's got to go. And she pretty much laid it. She kept the bag, like she said. She kept the bag, but um, she she pretty much let him know what the deal was gonna be, and uh, that this is what it was gonna be. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this was uh, for all I'm talking about Keisha and the bad thing she did in this particular episode. I feel like this was her best moment in the fact that she basically fit the script. Like she went from being a, a, a person that Tommy was kind of putting his weight on or putting pressures on. Or putting these things on when she realized that, like, look, I have a lot of say in this. I have a lot of power and I have a control over this. And she flipped the script and made it seem like she was one uh, was one of the people calling the shots. When she was like, basically, look, if you want me, it's not about just these gifts or you the things you can buy for me in cash. You also got to respect me in the sense that I don't want you talking with Dylan, talking to or dealing with Tasha anymore. If you need advice or need somebody to confide in, I should be that person. And you shouldn't be having these interactions with Tasha anymore. And I feel like she really kind of showed her authority uh, or her ability to manipulate when it came to that particular scene. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we get the revisit after that later where, you know, he, uh, he, he gives her the earrings and pretty much, I guess, to a degree... Um, aligns his loyalty to her and it's like it all right it's us um but time will tell we'll yeah. see if she I feel like that, I feel like that scene was just more more of a confirmation of the of the person it wasn't really needed it was just more of the fact that like you know 
it was kind of feeding into what Tasha was telling him that you can buy Keisha through, um, you know, materialistic things. You, as long as you keep her satisfied as far as like giving her purses or rings or, or luxuries that come with this game, she will be loyal to you. Um, but uh, it was just for me, it was just like an extra scene. It wasn't like really needed talk because it didn't really add anything else to the dynamic of their relationship. I feel like the yeah. the biggest scene was the scene where he tried to give her the purse. Um, she still awesomely took the purse, but she also took the purse with the caveat like, look, I don't need you to have Tasha in your life. I am that bitch for you now. Whatever Tasha was providing for you as far as like advice, confidant or whatever it is, you don't need her anymore. I should be that person moving forward. And I think the reason why he, he was so cool, he was so quick to kind of like to get on board with that was because I think even though he'll never say it, like he wanted to be what Ghost was in the first couple seasons. And now in his eyes, he has his Tasha. You know, he has, he, he feels like he has his writer. Um, Holly could have been that, but Holly had too many, too many issues. And, and Holly was, was super self-centered wherein Keisha is all about Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, for what they do and what and his his personality type that's that's way easier to manage um plus you know keisha's not addicted to drugs um which you know makes it easier yeah i I feel like um, if you want to look into anything that tommy's looking for throughout the course of you know the entire six season arc is that you know you hear him talk about all tommy is very loyal tommy is all about family and tommy wants a family of his own he sees ghosts, he sees, and that's why he's so, you know, such a father figure to Tariq. That's why he cares so much about not hurting ghosts' kids by, like, wanting to kill ghosts and thinking that the beef is, is settled with, like, not, you know, that they just had to fight and not to really take ghosts out um, because he wants a sense of family. And that's why, and also you saw that when he thought he had found his dad. When Well, I guess he, not thought he had, he had found his dad. He had, he tried to, he was so quick to bond with his father. Even though he didn't have this relationship with him growing up, it's like Tommy wants a sense of family and to be a part of a family. And he thought he had that um, with ghosts and, and, and his family and Tasha and all them. So now he's trying to just re- um, replace those people with a new family. And that family is Tasha and Cash um, as the new people who are going to be loyal to him, have this undying loyalty to him. And that's what he really wants out of everything. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, so before we get to this this funeral scene, um, we got to talk about uh, Ghost Junior and his first obstacle, um, his his lackey, his roommate, which I, I forgot what his name is already, but we'll we'll learn it eventually because I, he's obviously going to be whether he's he stays or gets kicked out, um, he's going to be a part of, of this operation. Uh, he comes to he comes to Tariq with like. A problem that like hey uh we about to we're about to be busted if you you know go and talk to to somebody about you know shorty girl about this and um cut to later we see him approaching uh the girl's dorm her name is effie um she was actually what started the imb research the imbd search because i was like have i seen her before um i have not she's been in a few things but man going fourth wall breaking just walking watching him walk down the hallway to get to her door 
it just reaffirmed that this this kid is stiff like the actor is so stiff like he's had some good like acting moments but when he's off he is off because she she killed him in that scene like she was she seemed way more comfortable on this on the camera than he did like the fact that i i didn't even buy his pitch you know what i mean and it, i just thought it was funny that like okay we finally got we finally got like a, a young i think she she could be black she could be mixed with something else but we got a young uh girl of color no we're gonna say she's black because she said it's only five of us on on the campus trying to talk some sense to the boy and he corrupts her in the first meeting i was like oh man like could y'all at least had let her hold out a little bit longer like you know what i'm saying could she not be turned to the dark side immediately um what do you think of uh of effie uh okay, so i'm gonna stay away from the acting because this show is not for acting the, the acting on the show is horrible almost everybody on the show is a horrible actor there's um now effie she was actually a good actress uh but Tariq is horrible uh but i think this is just more of you ever heard of like a backdoor pilot you know what a backdoor pilot is right yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, so sets up, it yeah, sets up his spinoff. Yeah, I, I feel like this is more going in the lines of setting up the spinoff where um, they kind of show Tariq and his rise to being this the the young kingpin in the making. Um, so I, I enjoyed the scene. I, I liked the girl. I feel like her acting was well. Um, I feel like it's just more of building Tariq and showing that Tariq is not a dummy when it comes to even though you know they try to play him off as just some spoiled rich kid. Who you know didn't grow up like his parents in, in in the drug game or having to have these street smarts, but the stuff he picked up from Canaan, he picked up from his dad, and knowing that uh, just another way to isolate himself from being the person who, if things go down, ultimately gets busted. Now, granted, right at this point, he still is way too involved because he's just starting out. Because she could easily snitch on him just like the white boy could snitch on him. Um, but I, I like to see that they showing the growth of Tariq and what he's understanding that like, look. I'm in this game. I can't do it all on my own. And I got to find these people who are willing to be my team or be my ride or die people who are going to do my bidding for me while I sit back and just make this money. Uh, so I, I I think it was just a great way to kind of, if they are going to end up, you know, ultimately they haven't decided what the spinoff is going to be. But if they are going to go down this road of being, making a Tariq spinoff, it's just showing Tariq is a smart mind and then kind of his build into the next level of what he's looking for as far as being. I guess the new drug kingpin of New York or whatever it's going to be. You, when you were saying that, like, I just realized something. Um, no one knows what he's doing. Like, Tommy has no idea. Like, in Tommy's eyes, Tariq is still just a, a kid in school. The only person that knew Tariq was, like, trying to get into the game was Kanan. And he, he's, of course, dead. So, like, this is going complete. Like, no one knows about this. But Tariq... Uh, his roommate and now Effie. So, yeah. I feel like Tariq is setting up nicely. I mean, he like I said, he not involving his father or his uncle in building up his business. He got a direct pipeline through the Italian dude. I think that's where he getting yeah. his drug from. Um, yeah, you know, so it's just showing Tariq is trying to be his own man. And I think they even show in the in the later scenes where I don't know if that was a preview for next week where they showing he's like showing off his wristwatch. Uh, yeah, but was that in this episode or was that a scene for next week? That's seen for the next yeah. episode. Like, so, so he's showing he's already his build and his grind and his come up. Yeah. But it, it also shows that like he's already being a little a little too flashy. Right. He's trying to flex a little too hard. So here's my question. 
because we, we, we don't know much about her, but do you think Effie becomes his Tasha or his Tommy? Because she almost, I, I could see him I like a part of it. And just like I said, just like I said in the last episode, he, Tariq is showing signs of being a fuckboy. So like it, it, it almost, he showed us some signs of like kind of digging her a little bit. Like he was feeling her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she came to his room, she showed a little bit of signs of that too, but she's also showing some some kind of tomboyish characteristics. Mm-hmm. So like you think you think that becomes like his his kind of like connection, like his you know possible kind of possible love interest. Or do you think she becomes the muscle mm-hmm. that like that that's that interesting? Because I could easily see her beating up his roommate with no issue. Um, or just putting the fear of God into him. Yeah. Like, what do you think? I honestly, uh, this is the first time I'm thinking about that because I didn't really think about it in one way or another. As far as like what that, I mean, I remember the roommate making some type of comment about it, like she's fine or she's fly or something like that when he first he reported did to say him. That. Um, and, and like she, you know, she actually she she's an attractive girl. So I could, but like I said, she I could see her being like a girly girl. I mean, he's using these terms, girly girl or whatever. Or also kind of like I said, she did have like a tomboyish stance to her as well. But I don't feel like she, from her, from what I, what we saw her in the, the quick couple of scenes we saw in her, I don't think she would relegate her role to being a Tasha. Even though Tasha does play a vital role in the Ghost's operation, the way she was like, let's play chess or I'm about to beat you in chess or whatever it was, yeah. I feel like she saw herself more of his equal. And if they're going to be partners, it'd be more of a Tommy and ghost kind of thing with like they both partners in this drug game nothing necessarily she just like his chick or the, or somebody just hu- that got his back she's in deeply as evolved as he is i i can see that being the gateway though like you know them starting out on that that page and you know games of chess and this is just me maybe writing fanfic or whatever um but like them playing games of chess and getting to know each other and maybe something sprouting from that, you know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. as a possibility, or quite possibly, she she analyzes his weaknesses and she undercuts him. Like, all right, um, you're obviously not as smart as I thought you were. Um, I know how your business is, how you run your business. Um, I, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm on your payroll, so I, I got money too. I can either a go to your connect. You know, this is all spinoff talk. Possibly, I could either a go to your connect at the Italians and and undercut you and take over your business, or I I know enough that if you try to screw me, it's a wrap for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we gotta wait to see how that's gonna play out. But I I can see her being smart enough to do either one, either being his loyal right or die, or flipping him like to 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 get her own business thing off the ground. So I mean, that, that's something we gotta see if if how it plays out throughout this season. And if that is indeed the premise, you know, of any possible spinoff. So finally, we got to talk about this funeral scene and how everybody came back. Um, the dude, what was the dude's name? The dude from the CIA? The DEA. That, uh, was the DEA? Yeah, the yeah. dude from the DEA. To, to me, um, to me, you know, I'm going to cut you off, but to me, that made me so angry. It's because it's like. The, DI, the DEA guy was giving away way too much information for, like, no real reason. And to me, that was yeah. just, like, just kind of moving the plot ahead because it's, like, he had no reason to be, like, oh, uh, 
uh, Dre is testifying tomorrow. He's the only key yeah. to this case. Like, why was he giving up so much information, especially to an office that he knows from his dealings with Angela is very corrupt, has people on the inside who get killed all the time, and it's probably a dirty organization. So why is he giving so much information to Sachs other than to yeah. push the plot along? They they could have they could have they could have written that out better. Like, um, that's something you talk about after the funeral. She won't even out of the hearse yet, let alone in the ground. But yeah, dude, I don't, and who knows? Maybe maybe he was too expensive. It was like, all right, man, we'll pay you this money um, to spill pretty much spill your guts in this one scene, and then we'll never see you again, um, or until the court scene or whatever. Maybe his fee was too high. But like, yeah, I thought that was strange because it's just like, dude, you guys are at a funeral, like, you know. The, the conversation went on way too long, you know what I mean? And he gave up way too much sensitive info in public. Um, everybody was at this thing. Uh, Councilman O'Dog was in the background. Um, I'm guessing they cut the uh, the scene of his close-up. Uh, Tamika showed up. I'm glad she found a job because I was a little, little worried that she, she was going to remain on the unemployed list forever, but she, she told Sachs, like, hey, I'm in the private sector you need to come with me and get out of this place um i would have liked to seen the other dude pop back up mock yeah mock that played on they, they they, they talked about mock but they didn't see him. he wasn't there yeah. they mentioned him like i would i would like to see him pop up at the funeral um and just their faces when they see when they see ghost and tasha walk up and just the the circle of emotions we already talked about pause how she's still how she still blames, um, she still blames Go. She thinks he did it literally. Um, okay. Theory. Do you think? Are we confirming that Tasha was the one that paid for the funeral, or do you think that Paz think that Paz paid for the funeral and she's just going along with it? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna go with because the fact that Tasha paid for it because who else will pay? I mean, at that point, who else will pay for? Uh, she wouldn't take the money from from Ghost directly. Uh, Sax, uh, what's his name? Sax, Sax, right? He he confirmed that he didn't pay for it, or or the service didn't release the money that she was counting on. So I, I'm a, I'm assuming she thinking that Tasha reached out and and paid that bill because she was shocked when the guy came and was like, she was looking like, oh, I gotta settle up with you. I owe you some bread, and he was like, ba basically, it's been taken care of. And she asked, did Jamie do it? And it was like, no, it wasn't St. Patrick. So I'm assuming it had to be Tasha. Right, because you know what? She is going by Tasha Green. Um, she that's that that was her wish. She wants to be known as Tasha Green now. Um so it led to my candidate for play of the game. Um, and that's Tommy just pulling up to this funeral in broad daylight. So Ghost could see that he failed, like he can he and trying to elicit in a response out of him in public, mm -hmm. um, like he definitely just pretty much that was his his declaration of not only am I alive, now I'm un like I'm untouchable, like you cannot touch me, um, and again, like yes, it, it made for a good scene of Tasha being like yeah I knew he was alive, but her track record with that sort of thing has all has failed her. So it's like she has a tendency to leave these breadcrumbs out where, you know what, man, like that, it's making me, 
I don't know. I, I don't I have no problem admitting what I'm wrong. But this is it's borderline enforcing my theory that Silver's probably alive because now she, now Ghost has that ability to be like in your face. Like I told you I didn't kill him. I knew he was alive this whole time because that's literally what she just did to him with Tommy. What, what did you think about Tommy pulling up in the white turtleneck with, <laughs> with the thin chain and the jacket? Uh, I thought I, I thought it was going to stretch it out a little bit longer, and I think they could have got a little bit more out of Ghost not thinking Tommy Ghost thinking Tommy was dead to make Ghost do like some more rational type of stuff. Um, but I guess they were ready to reveal it pretty early. Oh, well, not early, early because it was the end of the episode. But I feel like they could have got another episode or so out of that. Um, I, I feel like like I said, it falls back to what you said. I, this was after Tommy had tried to kill Ghost, and the Serbian basically told him, "Look, you got my man's protection. Ghost is basically off limits." So Tommy has no reason to be afraid anymore. And it's basically Tommy throwing in his face like, look, you took a shot at me. Uh, I know you took a shot at me. You missed. And you there's nothing you can do about it. Because in the very next scene, Tommy, not Tommy, Ghost goes to the Serbian and like, look, I need to kill Tommy. And the Serbian says, look, basically, Tommy's untouchable because he is my distro. And unless you're willing to take his place or find somebody that can take his place, he's off limits to you. So this just kind of leads to the fact that Tommy is like at this point, I got I show my face. I'm you know I'm flaunting. He's flaunting into a bunch of people. First he went to the funeral of the people he uh, the woman he killed, and so he's basically throwing it into the police face or the the, the attorney's office face. Y'all don't even think of me as a suspect that I got, I'm so brazen that I would come to her funeral, and then he also throws it in, in Ghost's face like basically Ghost, you thought she was the man all this time, you took your best shot at me. I'm still standing. And literally, there's nothing you can do about me. I have no fear. I can come to you in broad daylight, and you can't touch me in any kind of way. So it's like Tommy said, I got the one up on you. Yeah. I thought that was that was strong. That was a strong move. Um, but I'm with you. Like, I kind of wish they would have, they would have, like, drawn it out at least one more episode. Like, let Ghost kind of just, like, let, let him build that that all sense of security that like okay i got rid of tommy and and we didn't even touch on that um one thing i will say um ghost you saw you saw ghost dealing with the regret when he believed he killed tommy um he felt he did what what he did was right but you did see him kind of going through the motions of like i really killed my best friend i killed my brother and like it wasn't just like you know hands wiped you know all is well in the world and everything went off skipping but like i i like that they showed that like he actually did have a re a response to well thinking that he killed him um but yeah tommy walking through that funeral uh late on top of that was just like that was like i don't even know i don't even know what that's like but it was crazy i know that much because even all the uh the lawyers were just like are you kidding me right now like what is this dude doing here um, I also thought it was a little weird that like Pops was more receptive to Tommy than she was to Ghost when it was the known fact that they were like thick as thieves. I thought that was see. I, see, I don't know if Tom if Paz knows this because I don't know if how involved Paz is in street life. Like Paz knows that Ghost was always a suspect or always up to no good when it came to Angela's dealing with him. But I don't know what Tom, I don't know if Angela ever talked to Paz about Tommy. So to her, Tommy's just some white boy that they she probably saw around the neighborhood when they was coming up, but she don't know his interactions or his involvement with ghosts in her in her sister. 
Yeah, that is that is interesting. Because um, she like shook his hand. She was happy. I don't say happy to see him, but yeah. she was like, you know, thank you for the kind words, basically. And then Tommy just strolled off like a pimp, like, hey, yeah, it is what it is. Meanwhile, he the one that killed her. Pretty. Oh man, I can't believe I missed that connection. Yeah, that. Yeah, Tommy's a dirt bag, and we know this, but like that's super grimy. Yeah, you definitely killed her sister, and you you showed up to her funeral and offered your condolences. Yeah, that's that's grimy. That's that's dirty. I didn't even. I completely missed that. Um. So yeah, Angela is dead and gone. They played a little song for her. Um, surprised they didn't give the the little flashbacks for everybody to just to, just to put her face on screen one more time. Um, but now Dre knows. Dre Dre is back in the picture. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, so the funeral led to the final scene where we see ghosts under police protection. Uh, I'm still not sure what is Donovan. I don't know what Donovan's. I guess because Dre was working for Angela in in, in the end. Angela was still was like the one that had turned up into an informant, so maybe that's why Donovan is still involved. But Donovan shows up at the halfway house. Uh, well, halfway house. The um, it looked like a halfway house. <laughs> what do they call it? Whatever they, the police protection house, safe house. There you go, baby. Yeah. The safe house shows up to the the safe house. Uh, basically, and on the news, they I guess if a USA die. Uh, you uh, a USA dies. I guess is newsworthy coverage. Uh, I don't know enough of it. I guess enough haven't died in real life for me to know if that's a big deal or not. But it shows up on the news, um, and I think this is going to set up because it, right before that they showed a scene where Ghost was telling uh, the Serbian dude was telling Ghost basically you're going to replace him unless you know somebody who else can replace him. So I think it's going to set up the fact that Dre is going to get cold feet uh, because he thinks that Jimenez have killed. Um, Angela, he feel like he's if they, if they could touch Angela as an AUSA, he's better off on his own and out of this witness protection program than to try to stay with them and testify against the Jimenez. He gonna bulk out of the deal. He gonna get set free, and then he gonna be back to be roaming the streets. And the Ghost gonna try to top Dre to be the distro again and take Tommy's place. That's a that's an interesting theory. That's an interesting theory. I think. Well, I don't have a thought on that honestly. I think he he pulls something, or someone looks out for him to the point where he gets disconnected from it to where he he gets out of the whole Jimenez thing, but also kind of gets his life back because when he when when I've been like informs him that like yeah you'll never you're never you can never come back to new york like that's the thing that like kind of resonates with them so i think he finds some way to 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 get himself out of this jam to where he can just he can just roam free um but we shall see and finally one of the biggest moments of the night yaz is real and had a and had a growth spurt she is a real girl. She's not Pinocchio. She's not a figment of our imaginations. Just like Cash, she is a real child. And uh, we got to see her. Like, I'm wondering. I, I thought that was an interesting choice to bring her in for this last season. I'm pretty sure she was doing fine at Grandma's house. Uh, what did you think of Tasha's new place? Oh, yeah. Tasha shows the. I feel like it was still a nice place. I mean, it's not as nice yeah. as their penthouse. But that still has some big-ass windows with some nice views. Yeah. 
So um, I guess I mean I guess the point of this was to show that she's seriously downgraded in life when it comes to that. Uh, we do get to see Yaz again. Down. Say what again? It was still not that down because I I was feeling the same way you were when they first walked in. Like I was so shocked, like to take my note that she's a real girl. I paused it right there where you just see them with the the front door at their backdrop, and it looks it at first glance it looks kind of looks a little run down a little bit but then like when they start walking around it's like oh no nah, that's a night spot never mind um so yeah she downgraded but not not that down yeah so i, I like i said i feel like you know that was just kind of showcasing uh she down she a little bit lower than she was but i guess it's just the start of new life for her and we get to see guys for like maybe the fourth time in, in <laughs> 10 years of how long the show been on so um, like I said, it was a good, it was a good little recap just to end the show. Um, and, and then I, I, like I said, we got to see what's going, going to happen next and moving forward. What do you think is going to go down with this, uh, from the, from the glances of the next episode? What do you think is coming up? I got to You got to remind me. I, I got to, I feel like the only thing, the main thing that stuck out to me was that it looks like we're going to, at least from the, the little bit I gathered, um, we're gonna spend a little more time with Tariq and his his operation. Yeah, because I was, I was, I was confused. I didn't know if that was from the the preview. I know they showed a scene where Tariq was like showing off a new flancy watch, but I guess that was yeah. for the preview for next week. I feel like they don't give us a lot of these previews. I feel like they'd be like maybe like thirty seconds long, and they don't give us enough to really kind of build a basis to what the episode might be about. Truthfully, they might not even be thirty seconds. To be totally honest, they could be close to twenty. Um, well, what what's your prediction just in general moving forward? Uh, actually, I think they're gonna continue to build on this Tariq thing to kind of set up his spinoff. Um, I think we're gonna get a, a definitely will since they reintroduced Dre and his new hairstyle, we'll get a closeout to see what he's gonna do as far <laughs> as um, is he gonna continue in this court process or is he gonna be because they gotta find a way to get Dre back into play. And if his whole role is just to snitch on Amenez and testify. He never made a play a part in the, in the season move forward. So I think it's really going to be Dre basically saying, look, I ain't working with y'all no more. And then the the cops basically saying, well, we can't protect you anymore. And then, Grace, and then Dre just taking his chances in the street. But I, I will. I, I, I could see that. Yeah. So I, I'm confused to where we. To me, I feel like they, the way they played out a lot in this episode kind of puts us a lot of people just like in a, um, like a circling pattern because it's like. We know Tommy and Ghost can't kill each other right now because the Serbian dude is stopping from killing each other. We know um, we we can watch Tariq build his empire a little bit more if that's it. But the biggest conflict of the entire season is Tommy versus Ghost. And we know we're not going to get no time of resolution on that in the next episode because of what the Serbian dude said. Basically, like, uh, neither one of you can kill the other. And the only way Ghost can kill Tommy is... Well, he gave Tommy no... No chance to kill Ghost. And no way could Tommy can kill Ghost if Ghost is willing to get back into the drug game, which Ghost is adamantly against. So they kind of, I want to see where they're going to go with it myself because I feel like they didn't kind of painted themselves into a corner of where can we go with this now? I feel it. I feel it. Um, me personally, I think we're going to get, we're going to get, we're definitely in the next episode, we're definitely going to get Ghost and Tasha arguing over the fact that she knew Tommy was alive. Um, I'm curious as if to at the rate that this has been going 
um, just the way they've been kind of cramming stuff into these first couple episodes, which seems strange to me because it's like they have extra episodes this season. So I'm wondering like where this is going to shake out long term. But um, there were a few things that happened that like could have waited a few a few more episodes, like Ghost finding out that Tommy was alive and and a few other things that they, they could have drawn out a bit more um, at the rate we're going. I think we're going to get the conversation between Ghost and Tommy, the, you know, after I tried to kill you, you know, conversation, uh, which should be fun to watch. Uh, I doubt they, I think it happens. And I was going to say, I doubt they get into a tussle because I'm pretty sure when that conversation happens, Tommy's going to bring his new, uh, his new goons with him. So that should be interesting. Um, and I wonder if we'll get any more, uh, two bit and spanky moments. Oh, those coming for sure. Those, that's like the comedy relief for the show. Got to get some comedy. Spanky to me is hilarious. So hopefully we can get a lot of spanky. And hopefully I don't want you to be wrong, but hopefully your prediction does not come through. And that uh, I be wrong. Tommy, I mean, that that spanky ends up dead. Yeah, like I, I want to be wrong in that regard. I, I definitely want to, but I don't know. Maybe it's too much Game of Thrones, but like as soon as you start to like a character too much, they kill him. Um, so we shall see. We shall see. Um, but yeah, man, that was episode two. Whose side are you on? Uh, where we stand right now, whose side are you on? I'm still with Team Tommy, man. Ghost just too shiny, too grimy, too greasy, too backstabbing, too out for itself. I still think, like I said earlier, Tommy is all about loyalty, family, and I feel like still Tommy will be, if I had to pick between who would I rather be cool with, Tommy or Ghost, I will pick Tommy because I think if he considers me a real friend, he will do everything he can to protect me while Ghost will ultimately push come the shove, pick himself over anybody else. Alright, well I I kind of I kind of would have liked to see Tommy use being dead to his advantage longer. Like this now in the grand scheme of things it pretty much makes that scene of him telling his primeras that he's dead kind of null and void it, it makes it pointless um but uh i'm gonna have to go with with the libertarian party on this one that third candidate i'm team jason missick because dude's got feet on necks right now um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna hop off the main uh the main party board and um i'm gonna ride with with team mystic for right now until until they get a handle on things um who knows you know if you guys are listening let us know whose team you're on you can be team tommy team ghost you can have a write-in candidate like myself tonight you can even be team uh councilman odog excuse me councilman tate um if you you up for him beating up white assistants <laughs> that's your thing and that's what you're down for you know write your man then you can be team tasha let us know um mr carlos where can these fine people find where can these fine people find you i mean if you listen then you can always find us where you listen to this uh still under the pop banner for right now soundcloud google play stitcher uh google uh apple itunes wherever you find great podcasts look for the pop podcast including all those places and on instagram um you can find us there what about yourself sir you can find me at the Off the Clock Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, OFFTHA Clock Pod. And um, you can email me at Off the Clock Podcast at Yahoo. 
and you can find my podcast as well as uh, others like it. No, what am I saying? What am I doing? You can find my podcast as well as uh, the PLP podcast on Google, iTunes, SoundCloud, etc., etc. All right. So thank you guys once again for listening. Feel free to give that feedback. Uh, those reposts, we appreciate those. You know, uh, for the content have been shut down for three months. We did get a couple of reposts and a couple of likes. Um, so we know it's going to be a build back up to get the account going again. So I appreciate anybody, everybody who looked out or showed some love. Please leave those comments, Thank man. You. Give that feedback. I mean, that's the funnest part of, of having an uh, independent podcast that you can't interact and talk to 